Come on, good morning, everybody. If you would, let's stand to our feet. And uh, we're going to sing about God's amazing grace. Amen. Here we go. Come on, put your hands together. Help us out.
Michelle.
been washed white as snow. Give the Lord a clap offering. blessed this morning, but you need to just turn that attitude around if you didn't, amen, because I find you get what you come expecting, amen, you come expecting to get nothing, you'll probably leave with nothing, you come expecting to meet with God, you will probably meet with God, amen, so everybody turn that frown upside down, some of you look like you need another cup of coffee, we got plenty in the back back there, turn that frown upside down, tell somebody you're glad to see them, tell them how good they look this morning, and then we're going to continue to worship, all right? your place and brother Martin is going to give us our announcements if you would find your place and you can be seated all right uh, so let's see first things first do we have any first-time visitors with us this morning if you're here as a first-time visitor we just want to mark you being here all right so it's all church folks that's amazing uh, just going to let you know, we do have a full slate at this church on Wednesday. So we have Wednesday morning Bible study in the fellowship hall from 10 to 11. Uh, then we have a meal at 6 o'clock. And 7 o'clock, uh, Brother Mark has a class, youth in here, and then Miss Cindy has something for the little kids. Um, Sunday school for all ages, 10 a.m. 10 on Sunday morning. The uh, teacher today was amazing. It was me. Um, we do need more volunteers uh, with help for children in nursery. See Miss Cindy and uh, Ginger. Um, you know, if we all just do a little bit, it's not so taxing on one person. Oh. No, you go ahead. This is important. Good morning. We are almost exactly one week away from the big event for our little kids, and it's always amazing and fun and exciting. And tiring, <laughs> but VBS starts August the 3rd, and it looks funny out there, and I, I made a copy for Cheryl a while ago, and she said it's 3 to 5 p.m. I said, no, 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 August 3rd through the 5th, be here at 5 p.m., and you can gladly take your children away at 8, okay? <laughs> and on Saturday, this is my big pitch for a little bit of help. We are taking workers, children, youth helpers, the whole shooting match to the zoo on Saturday. If you'd like to make a love offering to Children's Church, Children's Ministries, right now that is the big thing that we need. Also, Brother Jerry is going to furnish quite a bit of water, but if y'all want to throw in some more bottles, um, that would be great because we'll need it that many days. If you have a neighbor who has a child, 
hop over there and just invite them. Just say, hey, we have BBS. Want y'all to come? Um, I'm going that way if you'll let your kid come with me or tell them how to get here. Um, we want a big crowd. We want a lot of salvations out of this. And so we, as the workers, can't do it all. It's just like Brother Mark. Brother Mark's the preacher, but he can't run the whole church by himself. He's got to have our hands and feet. And so I need your hands and feet and your willingness to sacrifice a little bit of time and get with your neighbors on your block and invite your kids. Thank you. Amen. And just to let you know, a lot of times when you do serve, you end up being more blessed than the blessing you were trying to be. Amen? Amen. So we definitely need your help. And Miss Cindy, is that from the third to the fifth or third through the sixth? It actually, it actually runs the third through the seventh. The third through the fifth is 5 to 8 p.m. The sixth, when you show up at 9 a.m., we'll take you to the fifth. That's our zoo day. Zoo day. Okay. Amen. Amen. So, uh, definitely need help with VVS at Landmark. So if you are able, come on and help. Uh, I do want to thank everybody in here. Uh, thank you for being the hands and feet of Jesus. Uh, I just got back from church camp on Friday. Um, we're not going to have our youth service until next Sunday. So it's not going to be today. It'll be this next Sunday. But uh, had an amazing time very first night. We had uh, one kid that nailed down their salvation to me That's amazing uh, To me everything after that is extra everything after that is more and so the kids did really really well um, And we just had an amazing time excited to share with you everything that happened at church Well, maybe not everything but most of everything that happened at church camp, but uh, thank you again for always supporting, always allowing me to be able to do that. Uh, that is probably my favorite week of every year that I get to go off somewhere. Uh, and I think I'm not right in the head for that sometimes, but it's okay. Uh, no life recovery class today. Brother Terry is sick, and it actually turned out good that we didn't have youth uh, service today because we do have some kids that are, uh, I guess, feeling a little under the weather. All that rain you got Friday, we got it first, and they got drenched, and I laughed, so. Amen. Give Brother Martin a big hand, if you would, for the great job he does with our youth. And uh, I want to tell you, uh, we're, I, I told Brother Martin, we're, we're all full this morning, amen. The kids just came back from teen camp. They're all fired up. I went to a Celebrate Recovery conference in Dallas this week. I'm all fired up, so y'all better catch up, amen, because uh, we're going we're gonna to have a good time this morning with you or without you, amen. Uh, let's stand. He is faithful to uh, work in our lives, amen.
before we sing this next song, it's been a while since we have sung this one. Um, it's a song that was written from the story of Nebuchadnezzar and Shadrach, Meshach, and how they wouldn't bow down to his gods. And they knew that God would be there for them. And if he didn't rescue, they were still going to die. They didn't care because they knew they loved their God, our God, the only one we serve. But the scripture that I wanted to share, this is out of um, Daniel 3. Uh, Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth one is like the Son of God. And that just excites me because when we're going through a daggum fire or something we don't like, our God is with us. And we got to trust him. He knows better than we know. He sees the whole picture. We think we know what we want sometimes. I know a lot of y'all have stories this week that have happened. And one was my son wanted this car that he was looking at. And they were going to send this car down to him. It didn't happen. Somebody bought the car before it got here. It's like, it's a God thing. It wasn't supposed to be your car. I mean, these are big things. We sometimes don't ask God for guidance in some of our things. We got it. We got. We can handle this. But no, God cares about every little thing you do, every decision you make. And um, but anyway, back to the story. I just love how <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar was like, mm, okay. So God just took care of his his guys. Deuteronomy 20 says, For the Lord your God, he goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and to save you. So remember, too, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy you. But I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. So we should not fear God is on our side, so let's live in a way that we know everything's going to work out. When we trust Jesus, we trust God, and things may not go our way, just hang on. Hang on. He's going to be there, just like he was for all of the people in the back in the Old Testament. He was there carrying them through, just like he did this song we're going to sing about, Another in the Fire. Where another died for me There is a 
Amen. 
and we praise you this morning, God, that you walk with us every second moment of the day, God. You are there holding our hands, sometimes just carrying us through those hard times. Lord, I used to think that we would just get over and finally reach a place that we could just have life and it would be easy because we belong to you. But I had to learn that it didn't do that because we live in an imperfect world where sin exists and we fight every day this flesh. God help us to wake up each morning acknowledging that we have a battle in front of us and that we have to put the armor of God on to fight this battle. And we know as you carry us through that day that we will make it and things will be whatever your will is. Lord, be with this service now. Just have your way. Speak to us in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give the Lord one more clap offering if you would. Okay. All right, workers and volunteers for VBS, 2 p.m. next Sunday to decorate and, uh, and prepare and get ready, okay? Hey, two of the biggest things that we do during the summer, I'm sorry, if you have kids, they can go to Children's Church right now. Uh, they are going to take care of that. Give our children's workers a big hand, if you would, as always. Uh, I just want to really, really uh, encourage you. Uh, man, these are two of the biggest events. Our, our, our teens just got finished with... Uh, youth camp and uh, God did some amazing things and VBS is going to be huge uh, we had 40 to 50 kids last year we're shooting for 70 this year amen uh, so uh, just pray about that with us but that doesn't happen by accident we have to be intentional go invite some people amen there are tons of people that would love to get rid of their kids uh, the third through the seventh at night time amen for three hours all right so, uh, and, and they come, and we're going to give them Jesus, amen? So we want them to get Jesus. Um, man, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, just hurry this morning, amen? But I've got something very important to share with you. While our kids were at youth camp getting pumped up and on fire, I was at a Celebrate Recovery um, conference for leaders, and uh, so I'm representing it this morning. It was called The Comeback, because we all need a comeback, Amen. You ever been where it seems like Satan is beating on you and he's been beating on you for four quarters and there's about two minutes left of the, in the game and it seems hopeless, but you know I need to make a comeback. Uh, listen, God is the master of your comeback, amen? So I wanted to share with you today, again, I always tell you what I preach out of is usually what God is doing in my own life, so that's kind of what I got this week, so I'm just going to give it to you. We're going to have a little testimony kind of in the middle of it. Uh, but I'm going to jump in. Let's start off. Uh, I'm going to plug Celebrate Recovery because the reality in my mind is everybody in this room needs Celebrate Recovery. Amen? Because we all struggle. I got news for you. The preacher struggles. Amen? Got even bigger news for you. You struggle whether you admit it or not. We all struggle. We are born with a sin nature. We are born... Uh, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Amen. And guess what? You are 
going to struggle. Amen. And so I wanted to kind of just start off by talking about celebrate recovery, just break those words down. Uh, I've always said celebrate recovery is what church should look like. See, here's the way we do church. I struggle all week. The devil beats on me. I really struggle. I feel like I'm barely making it, but I come to church and before I walk through those doors, I say, okay, got to put the smile on. Got to act like everything's okay. Because I wouldn't want these church people to think I don't have it together. And that's how we go to church. And we walk in those doors and we put a facade on and we're not real with each other. We want everybody to think we're okay for an hour. We want everybody to think we're okay for that little bit of time. So we all put on the plastic smile and we all say, I'm okay. Now, Brother Mark, are you saying that you shouldn't smile in church? No, I want you to smile, amen, because we have the victory through Jesus Christ, amen? But we need to be real in our smiling. In our, It does say celebrate, so celebrate recovery, not wallow in recovery, not uh, beat myself up in recovery, not, uh, not have self-pity in my recovery, not isolate. You ever notice how when you're not walking with God or when you're struggling, you don't want to be at church? Can I tell you this? When you don't want to be at church is the day you need to be at church the most. Amen? Because what does our flesh do? Our flesh wants to isolate when we're away from God. Our flesh wants to isolate when we are struggling. Can I tell you this? Look at me. When you are struggling, you need to be here. We need each other. God designed the church that we need each other. Now, is the church perfect? No. Are people going to say things that's going to hurt your feelings or frustrate you? Yes, I can guarantee it. It is not a perfect entity because it's made up of imperfect people. But guess what? It's the best that God's got. Jesus Christ himself said, I came and I died for the church. And the church is my bride. She's beautiful. When he comes back, that's the exact picture it gives. That, uh, that Christ is the groom and the church is the bride. Amen. And so the church is imperfect. You're going to get your feelings hurt. If you come looking to get offended at church, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get offended. Amen. Whatever you're looking for, you will get it. Many people do what I call, they're what I call church hoppers. Why are they church hoppers? Because I'm going to move every time somebody hurts my feelings or every time I don't agree with every little thing that goes on there or everything I do. And so they just end up hopping around all of the time, God never being able to get the victory and do something in their life because they're too busy hopping around. Amen? We have a consumer mentality when it comes to church. Do I like the preaching? Do I like the music? Do I like the youth pastor? Do I like the pastor? <laughs> Martin shaking his head no. Uh, listen, uh, and, and we, we treat church like we're going shopping at Walmart. God did not call the church to be consumer-driven. We are to be contributors, servants of the Most High God. You should come in here and say, God, is this where you want me to plant myself? And then you, uh, once he says yes, then you should say, Lord, show me where I am to serve. And if, the, if I don't like the music, that's okay because it probably blessed somebody else today. If I didn't like Brother Mark's preaching, that's okay because probably somebody else needed to hear that today. That is the proper way to look at church. It is not, can I burst your bubble? It's not about you. It's not about me. Amen? It's not even about what my preferences are. 
I'm trying to stand up here and do what God has called me to do to reach this community. Amen? And that may have nothing to do with anything I like. God may ask me to do a whole lot of things I don't like, in fact. And guess what? He's the boss. He's God. I'm not. Celebrate recovery. You know why you need to celebrate? Because recovery means bringing something out of the darkness into the light. Bringing something out of the darkness and into the light. When you bring your own sin and you bring your own shortcomings and your own struggles, the devil has no power over you because you've just brought it out of the darkness into the light and he's lost all of his power because that's his main thing is you better not tell anybody you struggle because I'm liable to bring that out. He threatens you with you don't, don't you get to self-righteous because I'm going to bring your secrets out. You know what happens when you bring your own secrets out? You just remove the power from Satan. Amen? So recovery. So celebrate. To rejoice. Not to wallow. Not to self-pity. Not to isolate. Bring out the darkness and light. Let's look at the word recovery. The process. I want to concentrate on the word. The process of combating a disorder or a real or a perceived problem. Notice that it, the name of it is not celebrate being cured. Because the reality is, you're never cured. Any alcoholic will tell you this. Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. And it go, that's across the board with any addiction. Can I tell you this? Paul compared our lives to two things. Running a race and fighting a battle. Let me share a little tidbit with you. A race is not over until you cross the finish line. Do you know in life what that represents? How do you cross the finish line? It's the day you die. Until then, you have not crossed the finish line. When you're in a battle, the battle is never over until the enemy is either dead or he has surrendered. You know when that is? The day Jesus comes back to get us. Amen? Amen? Some of you struggling to get this this morning. Amen. And you got to help me out here. Amen. Because I have prayed to the Lord because I'm, I like been drinking from a fire hose all week. Amen. And I got so much in here. I've had to ask the Lord, Lord, help me to get out what you want to get out and to put aside what needs to come later. Because I want to say what he wants me to say this morning. I want him to do a work in you that I don't have the power to do. And that's the Holy Spirit. Um, Recovery is a process. It's not celebrate being cured. It's not celebrating having arrived. Well, got that sin taken care of, Lord. I'm good to go. Let's go. All right? That's called self-righteousness, by the way. And did you know that's the worst sin of all? The only sin that Jesus didn't have really any grace or mercy or compassion for was self-righteousness, i.e. Pharisees and Sadducees. They were the most perfect of all. They kept all the laws but they were extremely self-righteous. You have not arrived. I got bad. I'm going to give you good news and bad news today. Bad news. You have not arrived. You will not arrive. Amen. You are not cured. You are not arrived. Recovery is an ongoing process. You don't win the battle till the enemy's dead. You don't finish the race until you cross the finish line. Now, there is a saying that maybe you've heard about celebrate recovery. And it says, 
help with people who are struggling with their hurts, habits, and hangups. But unfortunately, when I say celebrate recovery or any kind of recovery, your mind and my mind automatically goes to drugs and alcohol. I, well, I don't need recovery. I'm not an alcoholic. Never, taste, never took a drink. Never had any drugs in my body. So I'm good to go. I don't need recovery. You're missing two-thirds of everything. Amen? Habits is only one word. Hurts and hang-ups. Everybody in here has some hurts and some hang-ups. So let me set you free today that you do need recovery. You are addicted to some things. And in fact, I will tell you this, all this past week, most of the people that stood up and gave testimony that are heavily involved in Celebrate Recovery, very few of them were alcoholics and drug addicts. Many of them struggled with a lot of different things. Let me give you a list here, all right? Not just drugs and alcohol. Maybe you have a food addiction. Oh, Brother Mark, don't get personal. Wait a minute now. Maybe you have a shopping addiction. You get online today, you can spend more than you need to spend. You can put yourself in the poorhouse. Maybe your choice of poison is pornography. How far is pornography away today? Click. How far is a shopping addiction? Click. How far is a gambling addiction today? Click. Yeah. Uh-oh. All right. Now, for those of you that are looking at me like a donkey staring at a new gate, <laughs> let me give you this one. Because if you're looking at me like a donkey staring at Newgate, like, Brother Mark, I don't know what all you're talking about. Pride. Pride. Some of you are thinking right now, and you've been thinking it ever since I started, I, I would never go to Celebrate. I ain't going to Celebrate Recovery. Here's what I'm inviting you to do. I have partnered. They invited me to go to be a part of leadership at the Green Anchors Celebrate Recovery. I run sound there every Monday night. I'm saying I, many of you, most of you, all of you need to meet me on Monday nights at Celebrate Recovery. Here's some other things. Codependency. I can guarantee almost everybody in this room struggles with codependency. What is codependency? Let me give you a little uh, look into your life and my life. Codependency is when I base my worth and my self-worth and the way I feel about myself and the way I operate out of what other people say about me, what my family says about me, what my friends will think about me, what those people will think about me, and I live my life in chains to what everybody else thinks about me. That's codependency. Everybody in this room. Many of you, you're struggling because you enable people in your lives. Do you know why you enable people in your lives? Because you are codependent. You think they can't survive without you. You think, and those people will come into your life, and how do you know, Brother Mark, because it's happened to me? Those people will come into your life, and they will manipulate you to death, and they will run you to death. And guess what? God needs to handle them, and you need to get your hands off of them. You're codependent on thinking they've got to have me. I've got to bail them out constantly. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. You notice the word I, 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 I. That is codependency. Amen? Codependency in your life, that's an addiction. 
Many of you are dealing with shame from the past. And you need to talk to somebody about that. You need to be in recovery about that. The shame of the past. Many of you, I'm going to talk in a little bit about the comeback. And many of you need a comeback because you feel like the devil has just kept you in bondage. And you are enslaved by your past for all four quarters. And you may be in the fourth quarter of your life going, I guess it's over. I guess it's done. I guess I'll never do anything for God. And God says, no, no, no. It's not over till it's over. And I'm going to orchestrate your comeback. Amen. But guess what? We have to be transparent with each other. We have to be honest with each other. You may be dealing with grief. Many of you have lost loved ones, very close loved ones. I, l- listen, I'm telling you as your preacher, I have struggled with almost all of this. I was exposed to pornography when I was 13 years old, and I struggled with it. It's been a struggle. And I will guarantee you this. I have done things to my family that broke their heart. I have said things that, I should, that broke other people's hearts. I have fallen short. I have not been the man I need to be many times. I have fallen short. And I'm going to be transparent with you and say, as your preacher, I struggle. My mother died six months ago. I have grieved. I've been trying to work through the grief. Amen? I'm telling you, this is all okay, and, but we all have to face it. And the first step to facing it is to admit it. To admit that I struggle. I struggle with grief. I struggle with anxiety sometimes. I struggle with depression sometimes. Can we all just put these masks away? When you go to celebrate recovery, it's not, how are you doing today? I'm okay. God is good. It's, hey, what are you struggling with today? And it's complete and total transparency. It's everybody in the room admitting, I've got a struggle. I've got a problem. Would you help me? I'll help you. And quite honestly, that's what church needs to be, but it is not. Because we all want to hide behind That veil of perfection. That brings me to another one. Many of you have perfectionism in your past. You're always trying to meet your perfectionistic standard. Many of you are workaholics and perfectionists. That's a double whammy, amen? You're a workaholic and a perfectionist. You are killing yourself. You are depriving your family, amen? We all need help, all right? Uh, Scripture is 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Says this, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Healing begins in the mind. You must renew your mind. The word there that says power, go back to the verse 4. The word there that says, uh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. The Greek word there is dunamis, which our word dynamite comes from. It says, the Lord wants to explode your strongholds. The Satan works in strongholds. He gets a grip on you in something, and he has a stronghold on your life. And God says, I am going to give you the dynamite power to blow that up. Amen. But in order to blow it up, you got to be honest about it. Bring it out of the darkness into the light. All right. I wanted uh, a brother to come up and give a testimony. Many of you know Brother Buck's uh, grandson, Luke. 
He's been with us just a short time. But God's beginning to do a thing in his life. I wanted him to just share this morning. Amen. How y'all doing this morning? Amen. Uh, just a, a couple of questions that I wanted you to share. Uh, Luke, share how you came to Christ and then kind of what happened for you to kind of get away from the Lord after you came to Christ. Well, um, my grandfather, as all you guys know, you know, has pretty much carried the torch for me to see in the darkness, as you were talking about. I've always followed him. I've always thought that he was, uh, you know, the rock, you know, even more so than my father, even though, you know, there's a lot of codependency on both sides for me. But, um, you know, my grandfather, he's always been something that I looked at and thought wanted to follow, but I never thought, I never thought that I could go through the things he went through. I mean, you, you guys heard some of his testimony, but it's too long you know, to, to really just break down. I mean, it would take all day. But I, I, I've wanted to be like him, but I never thought I was good enough. And then I did end up following my father, which he's, he's, already, uh, he's already a lot further ahead of me. But I, I look at him, and, and I see his heart. And, and it, it's really hard to see, knowing that, you know, the things that he's done. And, uh, and then, you know, me following that so I went I was pulled in two different directions but I've always had God with me even you know I go all the way back to Hebron Baptist Church I remember being you know vacation Bible school all that I remember Lori was my Sunday school teacher I remember lots of things but uh what really led me to Christ honestly was losing my mother you know um when I was when I was really really young my grandmother she was the main thing she, she stepped up and took the place of where my mother would be. And uh, my grandfather took the place of where my father should have been. And uh, when it comes right down to it, it was her, her love towards me, her accepting me the way I was, the things that I did up until the day that she died. Uh, that's what really led me truly to Christ. And it's what's brought me back here is my, my torch is out. And I'm standing alone right now. Up until this point, I've supported my family off the streets. I mean, and I never thought I'd have a family or a wife. There she is. Amen. I mean, that's, that's everything to me. That's now, all the things that I thought meant something to me have been stripped from me. Everything I got the wrong way has been taken from me. And I'm having to start over. And I'm having to find me a new light. And I might have to pick it up myself just so I can see in this darkness. I don't know. I'm just starting this, you know, so I'm coming back. Amen. Give him a big hand, y'all. Thank you, Luke. Man, that's good. And, you know, Luke has just started his comeback uh, in his battle to recovery. And it's a long battle. Again, it's, it's a lifetime battle. When we talk about tearing down the strongholds of all these things in our life, here's the way it works. This is why I say you're never cured. You're never cured. You never arrive because you are always flesh and blood till the day you die. Amen. And so I want you to understand that now you may say, well, Brother Mark, I thought that the Bible says that those whom the Son sets free are free indeed. That is true. Amen. But here's the way it works. And it took me a long time to learn this because the first time I admitted and brought my darkness into the light, I was probably in my 30s. 
And I finally brought the darkness of this struggle with pornography since 13. I had been sexually abused as a younger man by an older kid. And uh, I had never dealt with that. I've ne I had never shared that. And then that led to this lifelong problem with pornography. And I didn't bring it out of the darkness into the light until I was in my 30s. But I can tell you this. I, and I thought, that's it. You know, my first inclination was, I brought out of the darkness into the light. I'm done with it, and I am cured. That's a bad mistake, amen? Can I tell you that's a bad mistake? Because God doesn't take it away. Just like Paul asking the Lord to take his thorn in the flesh away three times, the Lord said, no, no, and no. And he said, I have left it there for you to show you that in my weakness, you are made strong. You may say, Brother Mark, I don't want to bring my, my shortcomings and my addictions and my problems out of the darkness into the light and the Lord says you must because I can't work in your life the way I need to until you admit that you're weak that you need me and then in your weakness I will be made strong celebrate recovery says that God will take your biggest messes and turn them into your greatest message amen but that can't happen until you admit you're a mess amen all right and I, without me even saying it this morning, uh, Luke came in this morning and said, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm starting on my comeback. And I, he didn't even know that's kind of what the name of the message was today because the theme of it was the comeback. So I'm going to give you an acrostic this morning. That's just a big word for uh, giving you a lesson out of the first part of each letter of the word comeback. All right. Uh, so I'm going to give you how do you start your comeback? How do you start your comeback? The C stands for call on Jesus. Some of these have scripture. Scripture is Romans 6, 1 through 4. And it says this, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Now, does that mean that's going to be automatic? No. Here's the comparison that I make. I made the mistake again of thinking once I, once I admitted everything and once I brought it out of the darkness and light, that was it. It was over. Battle over. No. Because here's what I discovered. Those whom the Son set free are free indeed. And I was in shackles to my sin. And I let the Lord remove the shackles. And then I laid them down on the ground. But guess what? I went on about my life, but those shackles always remained near me. And as stupid as it seems, many times because our sins and our addictions become our comfort, I wanted to go back and put those shackles back on. Here's what God says. I will set you free, but at any point in time, you can choose to go put the shackles of the sin back on. And then you're shackled again until you bring it to me again because I'm the only one who can unlock the shackles. Your grief, your pain, your pride, your codependency, your problem with shame from your past, those are shackles on you. And you must admit to God, I can't do it. I can't handle it. Many of you have trauma in your life. Sexual abuse, physical abuse, verbal abuse, mental abuse. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you can't handle it. 
The Lord can handle it for you, but you must bring it to him. You must bring it out of the darkness into the light. All right? Call on Jesus. O is for obey what he tells you to do. John 14, 15 through 17. If you love me, keep my commandments. Pretty simple, isn't it? And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. Who's the helper? The Holy Spirit, that he may abide with you forever. That's good news. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Brother Mark, how do I overcome this addiction? Brother Mark, how do I overcome my past? How do I overcome my codependency? How do I overcome this grief that just seems to debilitate me and all I want to do is stay in the bed? It is through Jesus Christ. Amen. He will come about and he will help you, but he is a king, not a beggar. He wants you to, he's, you've got to ask him. You've got to ask him. All right. Number three, M, the M stands for meditate on scripture. Quote the word of God. I know some people, they take note cards and they just put scriptures all over them and they will hang them all over their room, all over their mirror, and they will read those to remind them. It is not who other people say I am, say codependency. It is who God says I am. I don't need to worry about what other people think of me. I need to, I need to think about what God thinks of me. That needs to control my life. Who does God say I am? You may have grown up with a father or a mother that told you, you're nothing. You're ugly, you're stupid, and you'll never amount to anything. Are you going to live in that, or are you going to live in who God says you are? You're a child of the king. You're a son or a daughter of the king. You have access to everything the father has, all of his riches, all of his glory. You're a precious child of God. Amen? Uh, e, expect your comeback kind of what I said earlier. If you, whatever you come expecting to get at church, that's most likely what you're going to get. Sometimes God will surprise you and sneak up behind you. But most time, whatever your attitude is, if you come with a stinking attitude, it's probably going to stay stinky. Amen? But it's what do you come expecting? Expect your comeback. Amen? The B, bring others into your situation. This is huge right here. Because nobody wants to do this, including me. We must bring accountability into the situation. Church, when you're not right, the last place you want to be is church. When you're not right, the last thing you want to have is an accountability partner. When you're not right, the last thing that you want to do is be around other Christians. Why? Because human nature says, I'm not feeling good about myself. I'm not in a good place. I'm going to isolate myself. But it's the worst thing you can do. When you isolate yourself, God, you are far away from God. Look at this scripture. I don't know if you've ever seen this. James 5, 16. This is not an easy scripture. Because most of us want to confess to God. And that is true. You do need to confess to God. But if you'll notice, all the scripture about confession to God has to do with one thing only. Forgiveness. Forgiveness. So if you drink again, yes, he will forgive you. If you look at pornography again, yes, he will forgive you. If you fall off the wagon from whatever it is, 
yes, he will forgive you. If you slip into that depression again, yes, he will forgive you. But guess what? Confession to God only brings forgiveness. Look at this. But then it said, confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be what? Now, this is powerful. You confess to God for forgiveness, but the only way you're going to find healing is to confess to one another. Bring it out of the darkness into the light and get some accountability. I need some accountability. I need somebody to hold me accountable. Because, listen, you have good intentions, but what's the old saying? Hell is full of good intentions. We all have good intentions, but good intentions aren't going to get you anywhere. It's not going to get it done. You must say, I need some help. I must go to Brother Martin, and Brother Martin and I serve together, and we are brothers in Christ. Amen? And I must be honest with Brother Martin, and I must say, Brother Martin, here's the areas I struggle in. I need you to hold me accountable so that I can be the man that God wants me to be. And Martin must say the same thing. Brother Mark, here's where I struggle with. And we have done that with each other. And we are here for each other. That's accountability. You can only get that at church or Celebrate Recovery or small, some kind of small group. You can only get that, all right? And you will not begin to find healing until you confess to somebody else, all right? Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. For the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amen. A kind of goes along with that. Ask for help. All right. The scripture of that is 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And he said to me, again, this is after Paul says, Lord, would you remove this, uh, this uh, uh, thorn in the flesh from me? And the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. The part of the beauty of Celebrate Recovery is that it's everybody admitting they can't handle it and just saying, God, you got to do it. And I need y'all's help and y'all need my help. And let's help each other. Let's rally around each other and let's help each other. Again, that's why, that's what church ought to be. Amen? How many people, when you come to church, how many people are going to ask you, how you doing? No, I don't mean that. Don't, don't give me that. I mean, how are you really doing? Well, how, how about that struggle you shared with me? Are you doing good in that? That's being real with each other. That's being transparent with each other. That's really what the church ought to be. I want to invite you on Monday nights to meet me at Celebrate Recovery at Green Acres because I'm here to tell you when those people worship because it's everybody in there saying, I'm messed up. If everybody in here would just say, I'm jacked up. I am totally jacked up. I do not have it together. And I struggle every single day with at least one of those things that we're talking about. And I need the Lord. And when you release, when you just say the words and you release that, can you imagine how people worship like that? Some of the most powerful worship I've seen is at Celebrate Recovery because ain't nobody trying to play no games. And the worship is real. I need you, Lord. I need you. I need you. I need you. Can you imagine being with 4,000 other people like that last week? And I mean just the freedom in worship. It just broke me. Because I don't worship like that a lot of times. I don't worship like that. From whom much is forgiven, much is required. And when you bring it all to him and you just, when you're honest with God and you just lay it all out on the floor and you say, here it is, God, it's a mess. And God says, that's all right. Come over here. 
let me hug on you. I'm not judging you. I'm not condemning you. Let's, let's, do, let's deal with some of this. Amen. Because, Lord, I can't do it. When you're just honest with God and say, Lord, I can't do it anymore. You think you're running it. All of you, whatever your addiction is, you said, I can handle it. God, I can handle it. That ain't working for you. I can guarantee it. You can't handle it. You need God. Um, the C is commit to your comeback. You got to commit because K stands for keep coming back. And the scripture on that is Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And Brother Ken loves this one. Brother Ken quotes this to me all the time. Because Brother Ken, I can guarantee you, is 91 years old. And he will be here every single stinking time the doors are open. And he loves this verse because of that. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more, uh, so much the more as you see the day approaching. Can I give you a, a, a dose of reality that the preacher, and you may not even believe this quote, but I'm telling you it's true as the preacher. Next Sunday morning, half of you will not be here. But then there will be another 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 that's on the B team. And the B team that's gone today will show up next week. I, I track it every single week. I'm, I'm being as serious as a heart attack with you. Because in our mind, well, come on, you don't want to get too much now. Every other week, that's, that's good. Come on, every other week. Surely they don't want me to be there every Sunday. Mm-hmm. Did you see what that verse said? Do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You know what would happen next week? This building would be packed. If everybody in this room said, you know what? I'm going to be back next week, and nobody would miss next week, and then all that B team would come back. Now, it is summertime, and it, now it's in summertime, it's even an A team, a B team, a C team, and a D team. Amen? Because it's summertime. Amen? But I'm here to tell you, if everybody that's here right now would not miss next week and the other team would come back, this building would be packed. Amen? But the reality is we just don't see that we need it enough. The reason you're not finding healing in your life is because you think you just don't need it enough. I don't need church every Sunday. I don't need God speaking into my heart every week. What is that? That's saying I can handle it. God, stay out of my business, and I'm going to isolate I'm going to show up every other week or maybe even once a month, and that's all I need. I, just enough to kind of show my face, but I sure ain't going to let nobody know what I struggle with and what my problems are. Now I want to do this. Here's the last statement. Because we can get real judgmental and self-righteous, and some of you tuned me out at the very beginning of this. I'm here to tell you, those of you that tuned me out, you're the ones that need to hear this the most. We tend to judge others by their actions. If Brother Martin hurts me, how dare him? How dare him? And I'm judging Brother Martin by his actions. But then something happens and I wound Brother Martin. Well, but I, I judge myself by my intentions. Well, you know, I, I know, but Brother Martin, he knows I didn't mean that. My intentions were not bad. 
We want to crucify people because of their actions against us. But when it comes time to judge ourselves, it's about my intentions. Because if you judge yourself by your intentions, you give yourself an out for every bad thing you do. You give yourself an out for every bad decision, every stupid word that comes out of your mouth, everything that you say that you should not have said. You give yourself an out because you say, well, my intentions were not that bad. Now, I'm going to make this real rough today because I'm going to tell Julie to just sit where she's at. No music. No nothing. Because sometimes we get hooked up on all this. Because... I'm just going to ask you to be real this morning. And I may be standing here by myself today. But I'm just going to ask you, if you struggle with anything, I'm going to ask you, no heads bowed, no eyes closed. You struggle with anything I talked about this morning, and you just say, you know what, I need to admit it. And I'm not going to ask you to come confess it necessarily because we might be here all day. But I'm going to ask you if you just say, as a as a commitment of saying, I'm admitting I struggle, I want you to come stand up here with me. No music, no nothing. If you struggle with any of that, just come stand up here with me. So, the representation of us standing here today is us saying, Lord, I admit I have a problem. Lord, I admit I need your help. I can't do this on my own. It has had me in shackles, and I can't do it on my own. Lord, I need you. The beginning of your healing starts with just admitting that you can't do it yourself. Amen. Now, I'm going to give you an open invitation. Again, every Monday night, I'm at Green Acres in their student life building, and I'm running sound. But if you text me and say, Brother Mark, I'm coming to celebrate recovery tonight, I will meet you at the door. Because I think it's the greatest thing. I believe if everybody would just begin their recovery, God would do amazing things. We'd begin to see revival. But it, because it all starts right here. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're just going to dismiss. Amen. But this is, I hope this is a red letter day for some, from everybody here. I am admitting today, I'm putting a line in the sand and saying, Lord, I'm not going to try to do it on my own anymore. I'm coming to you. Let's pray. Lord, we love you today. And God, we just come and we stand before you today saying, Lord, we need you. We need your help. We need you to help us overcome our problems, our addictions, our grief, our shame our codependency. God, we are not who others say we are. We are who you say we are, Lord. Lord, we've not been meant to be a, a doormat for people, and we're trying to rescue people, and we don't have the power to rescue anybody. God, we need you. We need you as our prince of peace. We need you as our soldier. We need you as our warrior. We need you to go before us and fight our battles because the enemy is strong. And we're standing here today saying we admit that he's strong and we admit that we don't have the power to overcome him without you, Holy Spirit. 
So, Holy Spirit, God, let the healing begin in this place today. I pray that people would decide, I am laying it down, and I'm giving it to the Lord, and I'm going to become accountable to somebody, and I'm going to begin to recover. Start the process of recovery, Lord. But do a new thing in my life. Let's say that together. Lord, do a new thing in my life. One more time. Lord, do a new thing in my life. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless y'all. You are dismissed.